everyone. Uh, Jasmine here today on the Life with Leva podcast, where we cover gender, sexuality, mental health, identity, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. Um, right now, I want to talk about The Skim. The Skim is an amazing news resource that condenses everything that's going on in the world into a nice little tightly packed email uh, sent straight to your inbox every morning. Uh, quit trying to sift through countless news articles on the internet and just sign up for The Skim. That's T-H-E-S-K-I-M-M dot com. And our referral link will be in the, des- in the description of the podcast. Um, and if you guys like free money, you should check out Sweatcoin. It's an app for your phone that literally pays you for walking. The, the more you walk, the more money you make and the cooler stuff you get. Uh, so just click the link in the podcast description to download the app and sign up for it. Uh, now that that's over, <laughs> I'm here with my friend Brooke today. Hello. Uh, And we're going to discuss what it's like for her to battle her physical illness, uh, type 1 diabetes, right? Yes, type 1. And uh, as well as her mental mental illnesses and kind of how they coincide with each other and how it kind of makes everything uh, way more difficult. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Brooke... Can you tell us a little bit more about your illnesses, like when you were diagnosed, um, your initial reaction, and kind of how your family reacted as well? Yeah, so I'll start off with diabetes. So I was diagnosed at age four, um, and it was also during the summertime, so a lot of the symptoms were kind of like, oh, she's just a kid and plays outside a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So um, my mom is also type 1 diabetic, but she knew something was wrong. The symptoms are basically like you're losing a lot of weight, you're drinking a lot of water, you're going to the bathroom a lot, right? Um, so my, like the rest of my family was just like, oh, like she's just a kid. Like she's playing outside all the time. She's four, like it's no big deal. Um, but my mom knew something was up. So we went to the hospital and sure enough, I did have type one diabetes. So being four, I didn't really like have a reaction to that. I just knew that needles were scary (laughs) and that (laughs) I didn't want to, that I didn't want to poke myself with needles all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but seeing my mom do that kind of like helped me, uh, like realize, okay, well, if my mom can do it, then I can do it, you know? So um, that part was nice. And then I also have depression and I have anxiety and I have ADHD. So I was diagnosed with depression when I was, um, I want to say in fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember which year, Um, but that's pretty early on to be diagnosed. Like a lot of my friends who were diagnosed with depression were in high school. Mm -hmm. So um and anxiety, I was in seventh grade. And then ADHD, I was in sixth grade. I remember that. I was in middle school. So all of that <laughs> was <laughs> right. all around the same time. So, yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, how do you think your physical condition affects your mental illnesses? So I know uh, having diabetes and anxiety is a really – it's – they, I believe, with, like with me, they coincide because, I mean, testing your blood sugar, like poking your finger and having blood come out, like that's doing that in public and taking shots in public. I'm on an insulin pump, so I don't take shots anymore, but I remember mm-hmm. when I was taking shots, um, you know, it's not fun to, you know, take a needle out and be like, I need to do this, otherwise I'll die, essentially. So having right. anxiety about that, like being like, oh, my God, everyone's probably thinking I'm a junkie, that I'm shooting up. Um, I have gotten those comments before, so that always made my oh, wow. anxiety. Yeah, that, that made anxiety, like my anxiety go through the roof doing that in public. Um, that, and I know it brought on uh, depression because I was like, well, why do I have to do this if my friends don't? You know what I mean? So I would like yeah. binge, I would binge eat and not really care about myself. 
um, which is really sad to think. I mean, I was 11. So yeah, like that kind of that part. Um, I, I do think that having diabetes like onset my depression earlier than I would have gotten it. I mean, it runs in my family, so I'm sure I would have gotten it anyhow. Um, yeah. Like, but I do believe that having diabetes kind of brought it on earlier. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with my ADHD, to be honest. I just think my yeah. brain was wired that way. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I do think it does coincide a lot with, like, my depression and my um, anxiety a lot. So. Yeah, especially, yeah, you mentioning that it makes you anxious to do it in public. I, I never even thought of that. Yeah. And that's crazy. I mean, especially, like, it's different because I do have a lot of diabetic friends now. And a lot of my friends are older and they understand, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I were like if I were to go out in public with you, I know you wouldn't say, like, hey, are you shooting up? Right. <laughs> <Stuff> like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, you know, you do get some people staring and it is kind of weird. And at this kind, at this point, like when I surround myself with the right people, like if I'm with like my mom, who's also diabetic, or if I'm with like some, like two of my closest friends are diabetic, right? So Mm -hmm. like if I go out with them, it's kind of like, oh, it's not that big of a deal because I'm not the only one doing it. And they can't all say that we're all shooting up. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's even risky to, I mean, shooting up is risky in public, but like (laughs) three, (laughs) three teenage girls, three young adult girls, you know? So, um, but yeah, so it, it really now it's a lot easier to kind of handle because I've dealt with it for so long. I mean, I'm about to be 21. So it's been over a decade yeah. like that I've been diagnosed. So, I mean, it's gotten a lot easier. It's still a little rough and I still do have some kind of anxiety going out and doing that because you never know who's going to mm-hmm. say something. Um, but other than that, it's just it's a lot easier now. And I know that if I'm with like the right people, then like my anxiety kind of like calms down. Right. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what is your relationship like with your body right now? Like, where does it, where does it stand at this point in time? So right now I kind of, to be honest, I'm not like the biggest fan of my body. And I go through these kind of like phases with it. Um, there are times where I'm like, oh, I'm the cutest, baddest bitch ever. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And it's like, wow, like my body's so cool for, you know, I mean, you know, to go to diabetes, like sticking myself all the time. And then, um, with the depression and stuff like that, I did suffer from anorexia. I'm still recovering from that. So mm-hmm. like now it's, it's weird because I would do like, I did have an eating disorder, so I would not eat for months at a time and I would lose the weight would shut off. Like it's no big deal. I wouldn't take insulin. So like, it was a lot easier for me to lose weight. And now that I'm trying to take care of myself because I know that's what I need to do in order to live a long and healthy life. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot different and it's now it's like, okay, I'm still, like I'm glad because my body's gotten me through so much like I know if I was like starving myself like I went to a concert two weeks ago right and I know if I had not eaten that day I would have passed out at the concert and I would have been like so sad (laughs) right but I mean it's like the little things like that it's like okay well if I can if I can do this then I can if I can eat and do this then I know I'll be okay Mm-hmm. And also right now I'm trying to learn how to love myself because my sister, she has a one-year-old, right? And I love that one-year-old to death. And we're so like, we're friends, like that baby is my life. So I try <laughs> and like, <laughs> I try and like be positive because I know if I say like, if I, if I start saying that around her at one and keep going that on, it's like, she's going to hear that. And I don't want her to hear that, especially yeah. from someone who's like, you know, super close to her. I mean, I FaceTime her every night. Like, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to like say that stuff because I know if I keep saying that to myself, then like people around me are going to start hearing that and start believing it too. 
So mm-hmm. right now, my relationship with my body is totally like, I'm iffy, but I'm not mad about it. Like, I'm not mad at my body for whatever I put it through. Right. And you're like, not like, you're, you're better than you used to be pretty much. Yeah, exactly. It's not like I'm, I'm trying, I'm not like, I'm not trying to harm myself anymore because of how my body looks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's healthier ways to go about this. Like my body's strong. I mean, I've dealt with so much stuff. Like I've put myself through so much. And the fact that like, I'm still here and I'm still like fighting and I'm still taking, like trying, like doing my best to take care of myself. It's really hard, but like I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm really proud of how far I've come from like when, even when I was in high school, like how far I've come from then Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, you should be proud. It's, it's a tough thing to go through. Yeah, for sure. But Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, So how does having diabetes affect your relationship with food? Because I know you said you uh, were anorexic at a point. Yeah. So even though, okay. So as a kid, I was kind of overweight because of diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, like it is a common side effect, especially if like with type one, if you're not, if you're insulin resistant, which means your body doesn't take it from the shot as well as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot easier to gain weight. Um, so from a very early age, I can honestly say when I was about nine, I had to start carb counting. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure like every meal I could only eat, uh, like 150 carbs per meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard because I mean, as a nine-year-old, you shouldn't have to worry about counting carbs and or calories. You know, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it's like, that was hard. Um, so that, and like to this day, like I've gotten really good at carb counting. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as I should, <laughs> But I, like, guesstimate a lot instead of actually – because it's a lot of work, you know, reading the labels and yeah. going on, like, calories. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's annoying. And especially, like, if you're going to get fast food because, I mean, that's, like, all I do. I go to camps 24-7. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, it's, a, it's annoying to kind of, you know, have to do that all the time. Um, but my relationship with food is, like, okay, I can, I can eat this if I don't eat this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like – with me, it's like, okay, if I, if I try and figure out all like the, the, the mental math in my head, if I eat less carbs and it's like, I lose weight almost in my head, which Mm -hmm. I know isn't really the truth, (laughs) but like, it, it seems like that in my head. So lately I've been like, I mean, even to this day, I try like a low carb diet because I know that's better for you and you do lose weight, but Mm -hmm. like, there are times where you just want to like, like I'm trying to like figure out the word like (laughs) (laughs) like you get like it's like for me it's like I get angry when I realize that I have to like count carbs you know right and it's like I just want to like like if I if my phone had a neck I would probably just like squeeze it really hard (laughs) like that's the only way I can describe it because like it's 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 annoying and it's tedious and um I mean having to do that for so long and then realizing that like oh hey if I don't eat then like my doctor won't be like mad about my weight anymore and stuff like that. So like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work because, you know, and I mean, I try not to eat, like I don't binge anymore, which is nice. I, I only eat when I'm like hungry, hungry, mm-hmm. like when my stomach starts growling. <laughs> and yeah. then, um, and so like I do that, but you know, there are times when you're just like, I don't want to eat cause I know, my doctor's going to say this or something. Cause I have to like keep my blood sugar in control. So if I eat something, 
and like don't dose for it then like my blood sugar spikes and my doctor gets mad or if I eat something and take too much my blood sugar drops and my doctor gets mad so Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know what to do with food almost it's like it's like a whole it's like going to a different country and not knowing the language almost that's the best way I can describe it because like you've it's like seeing pictures of this country and like taking the language course in high school and you know but only speaking it in that class Mm -hmm. and then um you go and it's like it's like if I were to go to Spain right right or or like Paris for a weekend or something like that I wish um (laughs) but like (laughs) but like I never like I know a little bit of French I know conversational French and it's like me going to France and like thinking that I know how to speak French and then they say something I don't understand and I'm like what am I doing what am I doing and that's that's kind of like my relationship with food it's like I have an idea of what I do and I have an idea of what it's like but Mm -hmm. I it's hard to um it's hard to get that across yeah because I I don't know how to because I don't know how to go about it right and I imagine that you know and your body are kind of always in conflict with each other too it's hard for them to kind of sync up and like get on the same definitely especially like if it'd be different if I was eating the same thing every day like I said I eat canes every day but (laughs) (laughs) but I mean at canes it's like I don't always get the box I'll get like the three finger or I'll get the the chicken strips or I'll get the the (laughs) sandwich so it's like (laughs) yeah my body's like well, it'd be different if you got the box every day. And then, because then my body would know right. how to react. But it's like, it doesn't know how to react because I'm not always eating the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's def- it's definitely like, it's either, it's it seems like a lose-lose, but I know it's like a win-or-lose technically. But <laughs> it seems like mm-hmm. a lose-lose all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do your illnesses affect your friendships? Um. I can honestly say I have lost some friends because of depression. Um, I have lost them, mm-hmm. um, not to diabetes. Uh, most of my friends are diabetic. Yeah, most of my not. friends are diabetic. <laughs> so that's always fun. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. fun, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like, so to my mental illnesses, I've lost a few friends. Um, I remember, uh, I'm about to get like really dark here, but I remember back in 2015, I did try an attempt to commit suicide. And, um, I remember I was texting my friend cause I needed, like, I needed to talk to someone to like, let them know how I was feeling. And, um, mm-hmm. I remember she was saying, you know, like, she was like, this isn't good for me. Like, I can't be your friend because I always feel like you're being negative, which I was, I wasn't always negative, but it was like when I would get depressive, you know, you want to talk to someone when you're having like a depressive episode and stuff yeah. like that. And she was like, I just yeah. feel like it's too much for me to handle and I'm sorry and all this kind of stuff. So that kind of like really like at that time, it like pushed me over the edge. And um, yeah. So then I remember like, I just remember feeling like after I woke up in the hospital, cause like my dad found me and after I woke up in the hospital, I was like so upset. I was like, I want to talk to Carly. I want to talk to Carly, but I couldn't talk to her because I looked at the messages and you know, she was like, I don't want to be friends anymore. So I left her alone, but it was like really hard for me to deal with that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, we were friends for like four or five years at that, like at that point, like, yeah, and she'd already been with me through, uh, I didn't attempt, but I was put in, uh, like a behavior center because I was acting out and they did think that I did Mm -hmm. have like suicidal tendencies. Um, I was like self-harming and stuff like that, which is not the best. Um, 
And so she like during that time, she's very supportive. And you know, it's not like I'm like depressed all the time. It's just like, whenever I do need help. And it's like, if you like, you know, because you always want your friends to be there. And, you know, you want Mm -hmm. them to kind of help you through your dark days, because like, you know, they can be your light at the end of the tunnel, or they can help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, um, it was just like really hard, like losing her because we had been through so much together. Like, I mean, five years is a long time to be friends with someone. So Mm -hmm. kind of like her wanting to throw that all away because of how I was feeling at that one point in time. Like, and I understand because I won't lie, like our, our friendship was toxic. So, I mean, it's like on both of our ends, like we were both toxic for each other. So I'm glad we cut it off when we did. Mm -hmm. But at that point in time, it was like the worst feeling ever because friendship breakups are like, they're tough. Um, Yeah. Worse than romantic. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, it's different. Like it's a different kind of intimacy that you have, I feel like. And like, mm-hmm. like with me and Carly, like we'd talk all the time, like we'd speak all the time and, um, you know, we'd been through a lot, like we liked a lot of the same things, So we'd bond over that and whatnot. So it was just kind of, it was really tough at the time. Um, but I'm glad that like it happened when it did though, because I mean, if we were still friends now, I think, uh, we'd definitely be in very different headspaces and at, at very different points in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. but I know like we still creep on each other on Twitter. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so, like I know she's doing, yeah, so I know fun. she's doing a lot better and I hope she can see that I'm doing a lot better. And like, I'm always rooting for her. Like I always want the best for her. Um, but yeah, at that mm-hmm. point in time, it was like very, it was very tough. And that's the one that sticks out the most. Cause she was like my best friend. So yeah. 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 I can imagine it. It blows my mind that, you know, especially like, young ages that people would kind of walk out and abandon you at like these difficult times and I I get it 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 is a lot more common I think with younger people just because they don't really realize the impact Uh, but it is definitely very tough yeah definitely Um, like I personally I could never see myself leaving someone when they need someone to talk to the most you know right especially like when they're in that state like I mean I was literally probably like 20 minutes from swallowing the pills when I called her so I mean I like yeah I really needed to talk to someone and it's like for me it's like when people reach out to me because I do have people reach out to me and tell me that kind of stuff and it's like I never know how close they are so it's like Mm -hmm. I I want to be there for them because if I can be the one to make them change their mind then it's like I want to be that person for them you know what I mean it's worth it you know yeah um so how do you think your illnesses affect like romantic relationships and kind of uh what's the word like prospective partners um so romantic wise it's the mental illnesses they're fine they're okay with that like a lot of people that I've spoken Mm -hmm. to they also suffer from a lot of like most of it like you know especially like the more common ones like the uh depression and anxiety that people have Mm -hmm. um only maybe two of my romantic partners have had ADHD um but I mean you know we work with that it's just sometimes that like you know ADHD you're you're you got to be doing something all the time it's really hard to like stay calm and stuff like that I mean right now I'm like squeezing like a ball (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you know you gotta you gotta find your way around it and I think once you kind of like get your way like once you kind of learn like the ins and outs of the person you can kind of figure that out um, about them mm-hmm. and they kind of know how you react to stuff like that. Uh, 
but the diabetes the diabetes is what scares them the most because they don't it's like they hardly know anyone with type 1 diabetes um because it's Mm. so it's like there's probably I think like five I'm probably got the numbers wrong uh probably like five percent is diabetic as a whole like type 1 and type 2 but only uh I think one percent of that is type 1 so type yeah so type 2 is more common than type 1 because type 1 like your pancreas just shuts down like it has no function whatsoever um so they don't mm-hmm. really know kind of like what to do. Like I remember in one of my previous relationships, uh, we were at the movies and I remember I was like, I was like shaking really bad. And the guy that I was at the movies with was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Like, you know, normally you don't just start shaking out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and so yeah. uh, I was like, I need to go get a Dr. Pepper. Right. And like, or something, mm-hmm. something was sugar. Cause my blood sugar was dropping really fast. And um, mm-hmm. so he came back and he got the Dr. Pepper and like, he didn't mention it during the movie cause we were trying to finish the movie. But afterward, when he was driving me home, he was like, Hey, like, what was that? Right. And so I told him everything. I was like, Hey, like, I'm like, you know, I'm type one diabetic and you've never seen me go low before or anything like that. Um, so that kind of like scares them a little bit, but I think that like telling them and then them experiencing it, because I think they always think that when I go low, I'm going to act like, a crazy like raging drunk or something like that you know what I mean because they don't really know what to expect so I think Mm -hmm. them not like knowing what to expect is what scares them off but once they know kind of what to expect and like what I'm like when my blood sugar is low or when my blood sugar is high stuff like that they kind of they get it so it's it's right I mean it's easier to weed people out honestly in the dating pool that way (laughs) like like, I don't I don't want to date you if you're gonna you know freak out every time that my blood sugar is not in the range that it's supposed to be um right but yeah like I mean there's a select few that have been like more than helpful um they always want to know what's up like how can they help if they need the help or whatever and stuff like that so like uh it makes it, it makes it, it's, it's tricky. It makes the dating, like the dating scene a little tricky because you never know how people are going to react. Um, but I think it makes mm-hmm. it interesting because it, it helps mm-hmm. you like find like, oh, okay, I don't want to date this person because they're going to react this way or this person. I Yeah, like we, yeah, exactly. Out. Or I could see this person and, you know, maybe go on a few dates with them. And if they're like, yeah, this, this could work out. Like I could, you know, stuff like that. So it makes it a, uh, so much easier for me but also it's tricky at first so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I can imagine how uh how do you think your I, I know you said that diabetes runs in your family or at least your yes. mom has it um but how has your mental illnesses uh kind of changed the relationships you have with your family um so uh, so the depression and okay so my like I said yeah so diabetes does run in my family my grandma has uh type 2 diabetes um and then Mm -hmm. a lot of my mom's side of the family is hypoglycemic so their blood sugar goes low um okay so that kind of runs in that runs in our family um and then we do have the mental illness runs in my mom's side of the family as well so yeah so um for a while like me and my mom don't really have the best relationship uh it's we're we're constantly working at it because it's not because we're similar it's just we never see eye to eye to certain things yeah (laughs) yeah I get that so it's I mean there are times where I mean there's like certain things we can do to kind of like get rid of like all the tension and stuff like that I mean like literally our favorite thing to do is watch Mamma Mia like like we do that all the time when we're together so you know it's like you got those Mm -hmm. little things uh 
but I remember like being I just I was in such like a funk I guess and it was right it was in 2015 my junior year of high school when I like after I tried to kill myself um that sounds so Mm -hmm. harsh when I say it like that oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I remember I like texted her because like we'd gone through a lot of like similar experiences in the past like Mm -hmm. three years at that point so like from 2012 to 2015 and um my mom like blamed me for a lot of stuff like uh you know like she blames she said that we were born too early like me and my sister were born too early that she didn't want kids when she got pregnant and all this kind of stuff and like so you know like that part of Mm -hmm. like that it's like we have like a lot of resentment towards each other not because of that but because of like everything that we've gone through and we've gone through a lot um Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so like I just remember like not I there was I think it was like a year and a half where I did not speak to my mom at all yeah, oh, because wow. we were just so, like, not in the – we weren't in the right headspace. And I knew I was going to say something that I'd regret because she's my mom. And, like, no matter what, even if we're fighting, like, I'm always going to want her to be there for me and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, like, that was really hard. With my dad, he doesn't really understand diabetes. Um, so there's a lot of, like, still misconceptions. I mean, I've had it for about 16 years now. Uh, and there's yeah. there's still a lot of misconceptions, like – he thinks that it's easier to, uh, like, he thinks that I should know that it's easy to take care of myself when, I mean, you got to constantly check your sugar. You got to constantly, like, yeah. be on the, like, be on the lookout just in case. It's a full-time yeah, job. Yeah, like, I, like, I mean, there have been nights where I couldn't sleep because my blood sugar kept dropping. Like, it was like a roller coaster ride. Like, if you were to look at my blood sugars on a graph, it looked like a roller coaster. You know what I mean? So, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's nonstop for me. Like, I always have to be, like, on top of it and I mean I'm not the best diabetic but like I do what I can so like I got to be on top of it all the time and my dad's always like you're getting lazy and <laughs> all this kind of stuff and I'm like I know I get it it's hard like Ugh. and yeah but like at the same time it's like if I could if I could show him what it's like constantly like if he spent 24 hours with me and like saw everything that like I have to, and felt like everything that I feel because of diabetes um mm-hmm. because it is a physical illness you know so like it's like if you yeah. if if he felt everything that I felt for like not even 24 hours like 30 minutes he would be like never mm-hmm. mind <laughs> you know what I mean right and it's like like I would yeah. never like wish diabetes upon anyone because it's so tedious and so annoying but it's like if you could feel what I feel for like even a fraction of what I've gone through right. like you would realize that like dude I I need a break (laughs) like I've been living with this yeah I've been living with this for 16 years I got a whole lifetime to go like there's no there's like no chance of me getting rid of it anytime soon so yeah yeah um have have you ever had any near-death experiences because of your diabetes Uh, yeah actually so uh I was working at a movie theater back in 2014 and uh, mm-hmm. we were severely understaffed. I worked at, you know, Studio Movie Girl? Yeah. So I yeah. worked at one over off Northwest Highway. And we were severely understaffed. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday night. So it's crazy busy. It was super, I remember it was Super Bowl weekend because I worked the Super Bowl party that was there the next day. And uh, they mm-hmm. had me, I was working box office and they wanted me to run food back and forth. Um, and I was like, okay, but like my blood sugar is going to drop. So I need that, right? So they, mm-hmm. so it was fine. I kept going low. I, I need a fifth, like legally I'm required to have a 15 minute break if my blood sugar goes low. Like that is the legal standard, right? 
mm-hmm. so but they didn't want to give me 15 minutes so I was like no like I need it mm. but then the boss like the not the not the head guy that was there who was in charge of everyone but like one of the other managers like one of the assistant managers was like you need to be running food for us and I'm like I literally can't like there's no way um right. so I remember I ordered cheese fries <laughs> I remember that because I was like oh I would get some cheese fries I'm gonna my blood sugar is gonna rise up I'll be good to go right <laughs> and then the kitchen took two hours to make the cheese fries because it was under my name Jesus. yeah and uh because they because the managers weren't sending anyone on break at that point but like I needed a 15 so I needed my I needed my like food and my drink to be done within like 10 minutes at the most right because like I can pace mm-hmm. I, the drink is fine I can get the drink myself I can eat the fries as much as I can in that in those five minutes before I go back like that was not a big deal for me mm-hmm. um so we did that and then I still had to keep running food and then I just remember blacking out um so oh. I was still everyone was saying that I was still like walking around and like you know like doing my job but I blacked out because my blood sugar was so low and then finally wow. I took my box back into the uh into the office because you know you got to count your money or whatever and I looked at I looked mm-hmm. at one of the managers and I was like hey my cheese fries never came out right like I remember saying that because ugh, me I love my cheese fries um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he went into the kitchen and he was yelling at the cooks he was like hey her blood sugar is low she needs her cheese fries and they were like dude we were really behind and you know she's an employee so she comes last and they, he was like no like make the cheese fries like you know, so they made the yeah. cheese fries for me. So I got the cheese fries. And I remember I was waiting for my dad. I couldn't drive at this point. So I was waiting for my dad to come pick me up. And um, so at this point, I have not checked my sugar at all. So I mm-hmm. walk into one of the theater. I remember the movie was that awkward moment with Zac Efron. And because he was naked <laughs> on a toilet. <laughs> when I walked in. And I just mm-hmm. I, like I fell over. Like there was like, yeah. Mm. So uh, one of the servers was walking back and he caught me um, and he like pulled me out to the lobby. He called my dad on my phone and was like, hey, like Brooke is like really sick. Like she passed out. And my dad was already on his way Mm -hmm. because I'd already clocked out for the night. So like he was already on his way to come get me. And my I went out and I like I, I just remember like crying, like bawling my eyes out. And like, like, I have no idea what's going on. Like I'm blacked out at this point. And so I go into mm-hmm. the car and I'm like screaming and my dad's like, whoa, 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 what's wrong? Right. And I'm like telling him and I uh, so he made me check my sugar and it read L.O., which means that you're so low that the meter can't read it. Yeah. Oh my God. And so uh, he like he immediately went to the gas station right around the corner. He bought me a liter of Dr. Pepper because that, that's the one drink that will raise me up like within like five minutes. Right. So mm-hmm. he got me a liter of Dr. Pepper and I chugged maybe half of that bottle. I didn't want to, but like my dad forced <laughs> he forced it down my throat. Yeah. And then he went back to the theater and was like yelling at my managers, like you know, because like I could have died, like essentially. Yeah. And so then after right. about I I want to say like my dad was like yelling for, at them for like five minutes, and like I remember like I just remember hearing him like banging on like the glass doors of the theater and like yelling at my manager my manager came out and they were like yelling and bickering with each other and I like looked over and I was like dad come here and I like checked my sugar and I was at 21 which is like super low like you know and that Mm -hmm. was after having half a liter of Dr. Pepper so I mean for me to still be that low after having half a liter is crazy so that means I was beyond like like crazy low like probably hospital meters couldn't read how low I was 
Um, mm-hmm. And so then my dad had me drink probably like half of whatever was left. So there was still about a fourth of the Dr. Pepper left when we got home. And when we turned down my street, because mm-hmm. we parked in the front, when we turned on my street and I literally came to and I was like, where are we? <laughs> yeah, because I had like no like, like, I remember little bits and pieces. And the only reason why I'm saying all of this is because like it's everything that everyone has told me. So it's like, right, I, yeah. I just remember like coming back in and my dad was like, you don't remember what happened. And I was like, no, like, I just remember my blood sugar going low. And then. James like James was one of the servers that was helping me and he's like James was Mm -hmm. like he was like we need to call your dad and that's when like I was like blacked out for real at that point so Jesus luckily my dad knew what to do in that situation like to avoid going to the hospital Mm -hmm. immediately but it's like my blood sugar hadn't gone up we would have had to go to the hospital so um, yeah but yeah my dad said that my face was like really like pale he said I looked like I was like I had influenza in the early 1900s like (laughs) yeah he said it it looked really bad so I mean I'm glad I'm thankful that my dad knew what to do in that situation um because I mean Mm -hmm. like I said I was blacked out so I had no idea so but yeah yeah it was was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life I will say that I yeah I can I can definitely yeah imagine (laughs) um I want to take a minute and talk about your career and and school and stuff so uh, for the listeners, uh, Brooke and I actually met when she hired me to photograph the cover of her book over yes. again. What a great uh, day! And that right was. now, <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, right now, she's actually in the process of editing, and she's on the final yes. draft. Um, and uh, you have pretty high hopes to get it published pretty yeah. soon. Probably like winter um, twenty nineteen. So. I'm thinking probably around December because the book's set in December. Um, yeah, oh, so okay. probably around like that day. So, mm-hmm. and you you want to have it out on on yeah. Amazon and and all those those cool right. places. Yeah, it's my proudest work to date. Um, this this is yeah. my. I can honestly say this is my favorite story that I've ever written, and I've written a lot over the past twenty years of my life. Um, this one, mm-hmm. I, it really resonates with me. Because it does have a lot of themes of like mental illness and, uh, you know, it's, it's set in high school. So there's a lot of bullying. Um, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty toned down from what I had it originally because, you know, I don't know the age group that's going to read it. Um, <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's still a lot of it's, it's a lot of hard topics to talk about. I mean, you deal with like suicide, you deal with uh, teenage drinking, drunk driving, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like... Uh, you never know. I mean, there's a teen mom in the book and she's, she's the main character, um, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like, Oh yeah, this is like, you find them relatable, but at the same time you want to hate them. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like the goal because you're like, it's like looking at like, like Paris Hilton or something and being like, Oh my God, I want to be her, but I would hate to have her life. You know what I mean? Like, you want to have, <laughs> yeah, like, all, you. like, the glitz and glam that she has, but, like, you don't know what she goes through on a regular basis. So, it's, like, I would hate to have her mm-hmm. life. Whereas in the book, it's, like, no, these girls are bitches. <laughs> I would not want to be them. <laughs> but, like, right. you know, it's, it's definitely my proudest for today. I will go to my grave saying that. Um, unless I do end mm-hmm. up writing something better. I mean, I'm still pretty young. So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have yeah, in my I mean- life. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, practice practice yeah. makes perfect. And so, you know? yeah, this is my definite proudest work to date. I love Over Again. I mean, it's been with me for like, I've been writing it for about six years now at this point. Like, it's been, yeah, it's wow. been a while. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, finally, like, getting it down to its last, last essential, like, part where it's going to be with me forever, you know? It's it's kind of like yeah. surreal at this point because it's like I know I'm so close to being published and I've wanted to be published for so long. Like I remember reading Junie B. Jones and being like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be a writer. I'm gonna have a book. I love <laughs> Junie B. Jones. She was my icon. Like she yeah. was my idol in first grade. <laughs> but mm-hmm. right. Same here. But like yeah, I just like remember because like reading was a big part for me. So like writing and mm-hmm. you know writing stuff that's like really close to me and like a lot of my experiences because like. I don't know if people know this, but authors put a lot of themselves into the books. Like a lot of the main characters mm-hmm. and even the side characters, a lot of that, like a lot of your character's personality is you essentially. Like there's, you know, there's outside yeah. elements, but like Catherine, the main character in my book is a lot like me, just like her friend Aria and her friend Jordan and Sage. They're all like me, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, like I'm so excited and there's part of me that's like, I want to hold on to her for a little bit longer. <laughs> it's like, it's like right. sending, like, I don't have any kids, but I imagine it's like sending your child off to preschool. <laughs> yeah, I get So, you. like, you know, but, um, yeah, no, I'm super excited. I love writing. It's, I say I hate it all the time, but, like, I could not imagine, like, me, like, being the person that I am without writing. You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah. it's also a really good coping mechanism. I will throw that in there. Um. So, like, when I am depressed or, like, mm-hmm. anxious or anything like that or, like, I do feel like I want to, you know, do something a little crazy that I shouldn't be doing, I just sit down, grab my laptop, and I start writing. So, that's it. That's, yeah. that's how Over uh, Again came about, actually. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I definitely think writing is one of the best ways. I know whenever whenever I, I uh, suffered from yeah. depression really badly back in, like, middle school, early right. high school, um, journaling was like a really big yeah. thing for me and you know now not so much anymore just because I've got a full-time right. job and <laughs> yeah you know um but do you think that your experience with diabetes and mental illnesses kind of influences the way that you write your characters like you're more likely to write characters who suffer from these things because you suffer from I... them I do, but the, I've noticed that a lot of, so the main characters that I write never have, like, any of the same, like, mental illnesses or problems that I have. Um, like, w- mm-hmm. like in Over Again, Hadley is, uh, she, you think she's the antagonist, spoiler alert, you think she's the antagonist, but she's not. Um, <laughs> she mm-hmm. suffers from depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, and that's, like, a big part of the storyline. And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, why wouldn't the main character suffer from this if the author hasn't? But it's like you kind of want to put them in, like you kind of want to hide it at the same time, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I would say it does influence a lot of uh, like characters, not necessarily main characters. There are some main characters that I have that are like, you know, anxious or depressed or even have diabetes. Uh, Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times for me, it's like I know – what I'm going through so I can also put it in other characters that are like in my in my little world you know what I mean so it's like Mm because you never want it to be like for me it's like I never want it to be about solely the main character because I mean whenever Mm -hmm. like especially if it's in first person you want to know like narrative wise 
uh, I always want to know more about the other characters because like in third person narrative, you hear about everyone. Um, so with right. first person, if you can, like my, my uh, way of storytelling is a lot of dialogue. Um, and you can kind mm-hmm. of hear like or read inflections and like you kind of get like context clues when you're reading like what the other characters are saying um, and mm-hmm. tone of voice and stuff like that. So like for me, it's like I don't like necessarily having my main character always being the one with an illness or uh, being the one that like, you know, has all of these things wrong with them. Because uh, that you never want to make right. the main character too flawed, if that makes sense. Like you want them to have imperfections. And don't get me wrong, like a lot of my mm-hmm. main characters do have like they're like my one main character is a narcissist. Like that's not normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like don't get me wrong, it's like you want to have like flaws, but I think it's more interesting to put them in like other characters that are a vital part to the story, but not necessarily like the narrator or like the main character. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it does yeah. it does help a lot, like coping wise, because you're like, if I can put this in another person and like if this helps another person deal with it, then like then it can help me too. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um why do you think it's important for creators like authors and, and musicians and all those kind of people? Uh why do you think it's important for them to kind of diversify and represent people? who don't have super common illnesses and stuff honestly it's I think it's all about representation because you you're gonna Mm -hmm. like I mean uh like look at what crazy rich Asians did like you'd never see a full cast of you know Asian Asian American people uh in Mm -hmm. Hollywood and like them bringing that in and you know Asian people being able to see like essentially themselves like people who look like them act like them speak like them on screen which is crazy. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the hype of Black Panther, like that. Um, so yeah. there's stuff like that. I like to make a lot of my characters act like me. Like one of my characters is a Hispanic, like a, a Latin American. Uh, so mm-hmm. she's not Cuban like I am, but she's Venezuelan. But, you know, there's, mm-hmm. still, there's still a lot of similarities between them. Um, and I think it's all right. about kind of like representing other people uh because you know you never want to have like the same thing I mean sure sometimes the same thing sells uh but at this point it's 2018 there's a lot of different people in the world there's always going to be a lot of different people in the world there's always been a lot of different people in the world it's kind of it's kind of time for them to you know have a voice and for them to feel like hey like yeah I am included or you know like my dream one day is to literally have someone pick up like a little like uh me a latin american like a little girl you know who's cuban or venezuelan or colombian or you know something like that and be like hey this character is like me you know like that's that's exactly goal or to have someone like i mean i have thought about writing an african-american character i wouldn't know how to go about that because i am not african-american so i need to do research yeah um but you know reading like i've read books with african-american characters and it's i love hearing like the different narratives um because mm-hmm. not everyone thinks the same not everyone writes the same um not everyone acts the same so it's definitely it's yeah. definitely important i think to have representation because no one wants to hear the same story from whitey mcwhite over here like, <laughs> <laughs> like right and it you know it's just nice like if you're if you're a minority to to read about exactly. yourself and find someone that resonates right. with you yeah it's like 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot easier. It's a lot easier to relate to a character if they're a lot more like you. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, that's always. And, and I, um, there's actually a book published not too long ago, and I believe uh, it's in production for a movie yeah. right now called uh, The Hate oh, That You Give yeah, or The Hate yeah, You Give, something really like that. Good. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's kind of in the same genre of books that, that I've been reading mm-hmm. recently. Um, so maybe, maybe you check that out. Cause I, I believe it's about like an African-American yeah. woman and, and, you know, struggles. Yeah. And I know political, you know, political right. stuff. I know, uh, I read, I've seen the trailer a bunch of times. Um, I read the, I read the back <laughs> yeah. of the book once I went to Barnes and Noble the other day and I read the back of the book cause it's on, you know, like the, like the hot, hot list or whatever yeah so yeah. uh i know it's about like a girl she which she's she's an african-american she's with her african-american friends since childhood he gets shot by police and i think i think yeah, now is exactly. like a really good time for that book to be like hey like this because i mean police brutality is like a real thing you know so like yeah and and i definitely think that's why it's in yeah. production right now too is because it's super relevant right, right yeah now. and it should be yeah i'm excited uh i i love seeing other authors works get published like it's like one of my like pride and joys honestly like especially Mm -hmm. like for authors like whose books are very like relevant in like today's times you know what I mean so like yeah yeah so it's it's I'm really excited and I want nothing but the best for that movie I hope it sells out like crazy I hope it gets all the money it deserves you know stuff like that so Mm -hmm. yeah I hope they don't, you know, butcher right. anything like they do with most book to movies. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I feel that. I mean, I'm trying to think of some, but none of coming, none, none are coming to name. Before I fall, maybe um, <laughs> Percy Jackson. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman would have been a great Percy if he was younger. I think that's the guy. Like the whole, they just they yeah. had so much potential. <laughs> I just remember being like. I just remember being like 13 and it's, it's my favorite series yeah. of all time. Like I, like I don't own very many physical copies right. of books, um, but that's, that's, I own the whole series. And then there was like a complete guide yeah. or something that came out. But I, um, I remember being like 13 and I was like, Oh my God, they're making Percy Jackson into a movie. And um, this was back when Netflix sent DVDs yes, to your house. I remember that. <laughs> and I had it, I had it on my list for like two weeks but it was always rented out somewhere yeah. else and so I waited two weeks and I, I remember when it came in I was so excited I popped it in the dvd player and I was just stunned yeah <laughs> how, how freaking awful yeah it was it was if I think if you don't know anything like if you've never read the books you might think it's okay yeah it's a good yeah. movie maybe. but like I get yeah. what they were trying to do I loved Uma Thurman uh she was mm-hmm. a good choice for Medusa I would let her turn me to stone um (laughs) right um but yeah I mean they just yeah they had they could have done so much with it I think it had yeah and they were just like no we the studio was probably like we need a new movie what should we do you know what I mean and didn't like yeah think about I mean Annabeth didn't even have the right yeah and then in the second movie they tried to make her a blonde but it like didn't work like yeah it was it, it was, was a such, mess <laughs> and I mean yeah it, it just could have been done a lot better I think like mm-hmm. um okay I'm gonna try and get back okay on yeah track. right <laughs> <laughs> um so what was your high school experience like did I assume your illnesses made it worse and I'm sure because 
you were like, diabetic, you became pretty good friends oh. uh, with your oh, school yeah. nurse. Oh, yeah, me and Nurse Hayes <laughs> were BFFs. I was in her office every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the high school experience, I mean, a lot of it, like, I mean, I, I was medicating back then. So, like, I don't really, mm-hmm. like, have a lot of, like, wild stories about me and my mental illnesses and, you know, physical illnesses and stuff like that back then. Um, I, mm-hmm. I do remember though, uh, it did a lot of times when I was depressed, like I'd go to school and like, it just made it so much harder to learn and like stay focused. Um, yeah. so, you know, that was always rough because I, I did enjoy school. I, I enjoyed, uh, not the work, but the social aspect of it, <laughs> but like, even, mm-hmm. you know, with anxiety, I, I do have general and some social anxiety. So it's like, you know, I don't, yeah, me get, too. Right? <laughs> yeah it's like, I don't necessarily want to like talk and I'm a very extroverted person so a lot of people could tell when I'm you know not feeling like I normally do um Mm -hmm. and so because like when I do get like in a depressive episode like at school I would always kind of just like I had a journal that I'd like write in all the time and uh yeah I would write in that like constantly in class instead of taking notes um and Mm -hmm. I remember like one time I took cosmetology in high school I remember one time my sophomore year uh, I bolted out of the classroom because I just, like, I couldn't, like, handle it. Um, it was yeah. just too much. I remember I ran up to my English teacher because, like, we were, like, super close. Like, she's, like, a second mom to me even to this day. And, I mean, I've been out of high school for, what, like, two yeah. years now? And uh, yeah, she, like, I remember I, like, I she didn't have a class. It was her off period. So I like sat there and I was like, Coach Heron, I need to talk. I'm <laughs> And like, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, and like a lot of times like during school when I was feeling upset and stuff like that she always had like a place for me in her classroom um so like Mm -hmm. I could like go in there and I could chill and I could just like do whatever her her classroom for me was a lot of like uh it was almost like home in a sense it was like my home away from home because like I knew she wouldn't judge me uh the only thing I didn't like about going in there is that she always kept on top of my grades (laughs) <laughs> so like right so like she'd be like you need to have at least b's in all your classes in order to you know skip class to come in here because it was like between like her and all my teachers like her she would talk to all my teachers and they'd know you know what I mean so right. like I'm grateful for that like you know she always had my back in high school uh along with the nurse uh, nurse Hayes was literally like Ariana Grande said God is a woman and it's literally nurse Hayes um she <laughs> she <laughs> So, yeah, because I'd go there every day before lunch. Um, and then even when I'd go out for lunch, like, with my friends and stuff, we I'd go in there and I'd, like, you know, check in and be like, hey, like, this is my blood sugar. This is what I ate. Because, you know, we had to log it um, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, like, whenever I was, you know, like, feeling, like, upset or anything like that, I, I knew I could go to her. Um, and mm-hmm. she'd let me not lay down, but let me, like, sit in her office with her. Because I don't know if you remember the Turner nurse's office, but, like, she had her own little office and you had like the two different rooms yeah. and uh, Patty was sitting in the front with her desk. And so I would just like sit in there and we'd shut the door and I would just eat Twizzlers and like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, just wait. And Goals. it would literally be like 15 minutes. Cause that's all I could have. Um, Cause she didn't want me out of mm-hmm. classroom the whole period. So, um, you know, like she would kind of, you know, help me. And like, they were, I mean, her, like nurse Hayes and coach Hamlin were like my backbone in high school um it was Mm -hmm. like they were like they were like there for me whenever I I needed someone to talk to and if they couldn't handle it they'd call Miss Saris who is my eye lead counselor and um Mm -hmm. I don't think Miss Saris liked me uh 
but <laughs> but like she did help a lot and stuff like that so you know it was always really nice to have that I mean I was medicated most of the time so that was rare that I'd ever like be like super depressed at school um mm-hmm. but like I do remember like them like you know like being there for me if I did need anyone to go to and I couldn't go talk to my friends stuff like that like if I needed like adult advice yeah. or anything like that so that was always really nice to have mm-hmm. so are you're not medicated so now? I'm not medicated because I do not have health insurance <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, so, yeah, we're, that, that's one yeah. of the topics I want to talk about also. Um, but did you uh, ever experience anybody who like pitied you because of like your diabetes? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, there would be people in class. Um, I mean, even uh, one of my best friends from high school, love her to death. We're still friends to this day. She I definitely mm-hmm. think that she always like felt bad. Uh, that like before I had to eat, I had to do this or, you know, or right. like, uh, when we'd hang out outside of school, she always would like, you know, be like, are you sure you can eat this? Like, I don't want you getting sick and stuff like that. And that's like one of the worst things you can say to a diabetic because you're like, dude, I can eat it as long as I take insulin. Like it's not going to kill right. me. <laughs> um, so I mean, think right. I'm like, I mean, I've been <laughs> no. living with this since I was four. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing, <laughs> Janet. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, there's definitely like a few people. Uh, not just in school, but like in general, like at work and everything like that. And I think it's just because they had no understanding of the disease. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, I mean, my friend from high school now definitely knows a lot more about it. So she's not as like pitiful, I guess. Um, but there are still like moments in time where like she'll catch herself sitting up. And I mean, it's okay if you pity me, like, but please don't do it like all the fucking time because <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't because it's like in a sense they're like babying me and it's like dude I'm 20 like like I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not 10 <laughs> I can drive yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know yeah. what I'm doing <laughs> so, right but I mean it's not that big of a deal it's just like really annoying when people are like are you sure you can eat that oh your blood sugar's low you should probably take some insulin and I'm like uh-huh you should probably do your research like so but I mean I know they're coming from like they 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 have good intentions most of the time so like I can't really be mad about Mm it that like can't be that mad about it you know so yeah it's like you you know like please do me a favor and kind of learn about it a little and then get back to me almost Mm -hmm. you know and it's like I don't ever want to be a bitch about it but like it's annoying at times (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean it's understandable you know um so I know you said that you kind of use writing as a as a coping mechanism, but do you have any other coping mechanisms or techniques or anything to kind of deal with stress in life? Dying my hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think getting a new everybody. tattoo, getting a piercing, yeah, going to concerts, yeah. spending my money. <laughs> um, right. No, honestly, uh, so I do like going out for walks. Um, that kind mm-hmm. of, cause it's good to, you know, get out of where you are, where you're depressed. Like if I'm like in my room, cause I'm depressed, it's like, I should get out and kind of clear my head a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, target. <sighs> oh my God. It's so my <laughs> target is my therapist. I will not lie. <laughs> Every time <laughs> I'm like about to just have like a fit 
<laughs> I'm like, nope, get your ass a target, bro. Mm-hmm. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. You'll feel a lot better. <laughs> and I don't even have to buy yeah. anything. I mean, I do because it's Target. <laughs> but like right. the other day I went because I was like, I was just like in a mood and I bought six pairs of socks, Cinderella and the Mamma Mia CD. So I was like, wow, <laughs> love that for, love That's that for myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like right. walking around, uh, literally dyeing my hair. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you've seen me, I've had brown hair, blue hair, and now I'm blonde and now I want to dye it green. Um, <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm debating on it. I go get tattoos a lot. I have like, yep. I have like Same. a bunch of small ones. I've done a stick and poke, which wasn't the best idea, but it's cute. Oh um, man, <laughs> I need to do an episode about because I have I have a lot. <laughs> I have I have one stick and poke, and I want to do more because it's like it's really therapeutic. Like not stabbing yourself with the needle, but like putting the needle in you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know what it is. Granted, it doesn't look professional at all, but like. No, it looks like oh, shit most yeah, of the time. Oh, yeah, no, for real. I have one on my finger of, like, a really shitty cross because, like, Harry mm-hmm. Styles has a cross and I wanted to be like him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. And then, like, over the summer, I went and I got a rib tattoo, which is my – it's my favorite tattoo that I have. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, coping, uh, target walking, and tattoos and piercings. So, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so – what is your worst fear when it comes to dealing with all these illnesses? My worst fear is letting uh, diabetes honestly control me. Um, because mm-hmm. if you, I mean, like living your life by diabetes, or if you're like, I can't do this because I have diabetes. I can't eat this because I have diabetes. I can't, you know, go out and have fun without fear. of Like, like if I were to go out and be like, oh, my blood sugar is going to drop, I can't go. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'd become a hermit and that would make me even more depressed. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do have fears with my ADHD that like, I'm going to be like super reckless while driving and like crash my car. That's even with, that's even with depression. Um, Yeah. I I can relate. Yeah. I'm just like, like the other day I was like driving and I mean, I'm not like wanting to kill myself or anything like that. Like that's like, you're just like, what would happen if I just drove my car into this pole? I was driving, like today I was, I went to go visit my cousin and she lives off 635. And I was like, what would happen if I just hit this barrier right now? Like, yeah. Would anyone like stop? (laughs) Like, I mean, I know they would, but like, yeah. what would like what would happen or like if I'm like like if I'm the only one driving on the street in the middle of the night I'm like what would happen if I like did a u-turn and then started driving the wrong way down a one-way road you know what I mean like yeah it's like that um, very intrusive <laughs> honestly it's not the best but it's like it's, I can't stop them from happening but it's like I never act on it so at least I know that right um, yeah but yeah and then with like ADHD it's like just because I'm like always like moving or something like that it's like what if I accidentally slip like, what if my hand accidentally slips or something like that and I do it way too hard and, like, you know, something like that. So, um, mm-hmm. anxiety, I don't really have any, like, general fears. I think it's just, like, public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety is all fear. Yeah. That's literally. It <laughs> literally. But it's, like, I can't think of, like, any, like, intrusive, like, intrusive yeah. thoughts, like, with depression. <laughs> um, but, yeah, right. it's, like, definitely, like, speaking with, like, a, like in front of a big crowd or because I'm a very I like I'm okay if I'm speaking like one-on-one like this now right 
um mm-hmm. or even with like a group of friends like a group of five or six because like I said I'm an extrovert I love being around people but like in front of like a big crowd of maybe like even more than 30 people I'm like uh-huh so yep great talk. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I uh I made the mistake of signing up for theater my sophomore uh-huh. year and, and ditched orchestra to be in theater probably the worst mistake I ever made See? And uh, I had to do a monologue in front of the class, and it was my first time. And I literally was shaking so much that I couldn't hold my head Aww. up, and I had to sit down. Like, it was awful. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's the weird thing. See, I loved theater. Theater was kind of like an escape for me because I wasn't me. I was always playing a part. So yeah. that's how I always looked at it because, I mean, I love theater. I love singing. I love, like, I can sing in front of a crowd, no problem. I have no nerves whatsoever. I mean, there's nerves, but it's not, like, anxiety, you know? So it's, yeah. like, but, like... I can definitely relate with right. that. Right, <laughs> but, like, speaking, it's, like, if I were to go out, like, if, like, me, I'm gonna have to practice this or something, because if I ever go on book tours, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but, like, right. but, like, it's, like, really, it's different because you're, like, oh, my God, like, I could fuck up. And it's like, there's no coming yeah. back from that. Whereas singing is like, you can fuck up, but you can still keep going. It's like, they're not going to notice right. a fuck up in a song. Like if you play, like if you sing the same lyrics twice, it's like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to the yeah. beat of the song. Whereas if you're talking, like if I were to be in front of a crowd, like thank God I was not valedictorian or anything like that. I'm too dumb, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like I would have literally been like, uh, I would have asked somebody else to do it, been, you know? Like, hey, uh, you in the front you got anxiety no come up here do my speech for me thank you yeah like <laughs> exactly um so uh i we know that mental illness and uh diabetes runs on your mom's side of the family right. and i um and you mentioned to me also that schizophrenia yes. runs and i wanted to know if um you were worried about being diagnosed with it I don't think I'm worried because I know a lot of family that has it um Mm -hmm. I think I'd be more worried if I was diagnosed and I had no understanding of the disease or or not the disease but the mental illness um Mm -hmm. so I mean I'm not there are parts that worry me because I've never experienced it for myself um and you know that can be you know not terrifying but scary in its own way because you have no idea definitely idea how you're going to react especially to like the meds that you're prescribed and everything like that um Mm -hmm. so I don't think I'm scared or terrified of anything like that I think I'm I'm not waiting to be diagnosed because I don't want to say that I'm going to have it just because a lot of people in my family have it because that's never the case um yeah so I think if I if I you know if I do become diagnosed with schizophrenia um it's not it's not going to be that big of a, I mean, it'll be a big deal. It's not the end yeah, of the world. Yeah, it's not the end you know? of the world. It's like, okay, well, I do know people who have this mental illness. I can talk to them about it if they're willing to talk, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not going to be the end of the world for me. Just like, you know, if like one of my siblings gets diagnosed, I know it won't be the end of the world for them. It's not like, it's because we don't have any like, like we hear all the bad stuff about schizophrenia, but it's like we know people with schizophrenia and they're, you yeah. know, and there are closest family members so yeah and and so you you know about the misconceptions yeah how they're all like so it's easier I've literally literally none of the schizophrenic people in my family have ever had like thoughts of like wanting to hurt anyone else or Or like yeah I guess yeah I don't think yeah I think 
if I if I do if I am diagnosed in the future uh then yeah it's not going to be the end of the world it'll be different it'll be different learning how to live with that on top of everything else um mm-hmm. but yeah I'm not I'm not scared or anything like if it ha- if it good. happens it happens so yeah it's good that you it's not like a you know a fear that's just deep within yeah, you, you know? no fears that are deep within me are definitely nothing about mental illness <laughs> that's um, good <laughs> or diabetes so it's like they're like the little basic ones like bees I guess so, so. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not that big of a deal to me yeah right um so earlier you mentioned that you were actually put in an institution yes. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, did it, did it help you or was it kind of more damaging? I think so. Honestly, it was a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. because I mean, it's, it's a little traumatic to kind of wake up from the hospital and like, cause I mean, so whenever I was in the hospital, I was sedated because I, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't know how I was going to react. I was feeling a little violent because like I did want to hurt myself, um, stuff like that. So like I was sedated and the the meds that they gave me put me to sleep so I woke up in an ambulance and I had no idea where I was going and then when they you know were like hey we're at this hospital this you know behavior hospital you know that's kind of you're like why would no one tell me this you know what I mean right like even if you're doing even if you do have like suicidal thoughts if you've like tried to attempt or anything like that it's like you want to know what's going on like, you never yeah. want to be left out of... You're still a person, Yeah, it's, you like know? I'm not, it's like, I'm not a robot. I'm not a dummy. I'm a human being with feelings. And it's like, I'd, I'd like yeah. to know what's going on with me, please, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, that part, like, I mean, that part was a little damaging because, like, my dad... Like, my dad wanted to tell me, but I was sedated and I didn't know anything, right? So, like, you know, and, like, I, I knew he sent me there because he, he wanted me to get better. So at least I had that going in. And then I, I did get mm-hmm. to say you know, my goodbye to him before, you know, he had to leave or whatever, because I went in the middle of the night. So, um, Mm -hmm. and then being there, I think, uh, meeting a lot of the people with the same problems that I had helped a lot, because it's always, like, I know, like, I'm not alone, but it's always nice to meet people who are kind of, like, in the same boat as you, you know? Um, Like, it Mm -hmm. sucks that they're in the same boat as you, but it's always nice to know that, like, you're not alone. One of my, I am still, like, really close friends with one of the girls that, one of the girls that I met there, we talk every day. Um, I'm her kid's godmother <laughs> so like mm-hmm. I mean I was like the first person she told she's pregnant with baby number three right now this is the first part yeah uh-huh. I was the first person she told about her first baby because we were there at the hospital mm-hmm. and that's when she found out she was pregnant and so um, and I mean I'm still like in the top three people that she tells immediately after so I mean like we're still really close friends it sucks that she lives she lives in Oklahoma she lives in Durant so it's not like that far but it's like it's yeah. like the drive is the annoying part <laughs> so it's like <laughs> we're always like trying to find because she's in like Sherman a lot and I could drive to Sherman but it's like I'm also, I'm so busy yeah. so uh, but we talk every day we FaceTime every now and then which is really nice um, and I think like meeting someone who like I because like, I was there for I think four days like three days or three nights four days and um, mm-hmm. so like meeting someone and because we were roommates and we have a lot of the same mental illnesses. They were roommates. <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're good. And so uh, we quoted that line a lot while we were in there. By the way, <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I mean, like talking to her and like, cause you know, she's one of the people. Like we have that friendship where it's like 
okay, like if you're depressed, you come to me and I will do my best to help you get through it and stuff like that. Right. Right. So it's like, that's like our, that's one of our little dynamics in our bit, like in our, in our friendship. So it's like, if we are depressed, like she, she also had anorexia. So if I'm like, Hey, like, I don't feel like eating. I need you to tell me to eat something. She'll immediately FaceTime me and be like, eat something. So that way she knows Mm -hmm. I ate something. Um, and that's, and it's, it's really nice to kind of like have someone to check in with after all that time, especially if you kind of went through the same thing together, um, Mm -hmm. because they have an idea of what you're going through and they know that, Hey, if you're going through this, let me be there to help you. So Mm -hmm. it's, I think it was honestly, it was more like healing than damaging. It was a little damaging, but like, it was a lot more of like, I got a lot, I gained a lot of like peace and I kind of like came to terms with like who I am and uh, a lot of like what to do. And I learned a lot of good like coping skills while I was there. I'm so thankful for that because before that, at the first place that I went to, it did not help at all. Um, mm-hmm. But this place, yeah. And then, I mean, the therapist would check in on me uh, for every six months until the end of 2016. So I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was really nice uh, because I did have like a really big case going on because there was a lot of stuff going on in the background that led me to yeah. suicide and stuff like that. And, you know, that all comes out in therapy when you're like your therapist is like, what's wrong? Um, <laughs> and you're like, nothing. <laughs> um, right. Like, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, you know, it's it was really helpful meeting, you know, Brenna, my friend from the the hospital it was really nice like meeting her and like her and I still being close like she literally texted me today and she sent me a baby update which was really nice um and stuff like that so yeah I I'd say I'm glad that I that my dad sent me there because I don't Mm -hmm. think I'd be the same person I don't even think I'd be alive if I hadn't gone there um to be honest so uh, I mean that's what it's there for right exactly (laughs) and I mean you meet a lot of really cool people while you're there and like you know because there's people there for all different reasons. Like not everyone, mm-hmm. you know, tried to commit suicide. Or, you know, some people are arsonists, which is crazy. Oh my god! Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea, yeah, girl. <laughs> um, but like, they're like the nicest people. But like, you know, there's just always kind of like, there's a stigma around going to get help when you need it, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, like I'm so grateful for all of that, you know. So yeah, yeah like I'm glad I went. I would never mm-hmm. want to go back, but I'm glad I went. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you never want to have to be in a situation where you have to go Right, back. because then that just means, like, for me, it's not that I see it as, like, I would be failing. It's just that, like, I, it's like, I was doing so good. Why am I doing so bad again? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like you're back where you Yeah, started. and it's like, no one wants to be back at the starting point. Because that's mm-hmm. just like, hey, that sucks. Like, I got so far, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so do you think your illnesses made you more politically active? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need, I figured I, that would be yeah, the answer. I need healthcare. I, <laughs> yeah. I prefer to have healthcare and not die. Um, right. Yeah, especially because, like, you know, insulin, especially, like, it's, it's more about my physical illness because insulin is so expensive. Insulin is so mm-hmm. expensive. I mean... For like a three month prescription, it's over like two thousand dollars, and it's like I, Jeez. I didn't ask for this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's like 
pre-existing yeah, it's like no one no one <laughs> asks to get sick no one asks to be mentally ill no one asks to have cancer or anything like that and it's just like you know i would really appreciate it if big pharma uh sucked a fuck and uh, you know give me gave me what i needed for at least like a, at least a cheaper price i mean way mm-hmm. less than even less than 50 bucks like you know and i mean right like, you kind of need it to yeah because i mean like <laughs> Uh, on you know like my mom she has insurance uh, so she gets my insulin mm-hmm. prescription for me um, oh, yeah okay. so that's how I get it because you know she's also type 1 diabetic but she pays 15 for all of the insulin with her copay um, mm-hmm. so I mean that's a pretty and I mean a lot of a lot of diabetics like a lot of people don't even have that privilege um, mm-hmm. and that's that's the heartbreaking thing about it because you know it's like we we need it to live uh, yeah, like insulin is a hormone that your body naturally produces, and mm-hmm. it's like you don't, you know. And there's like no, no one knows what causes your it's your beta cells. No one knows what causes your pancreas to kind of kill your beta cells. You know what I mean? Like no one asks for your immune yeah. system to attack you. Um, mm-hmm. And it just sucks that like I know I've no I know personally people who have died because they cannot afford insulin. Um, that's insane yeah and it's and it sucks because a lot of us are so young um mm-hmm. you know well yeah i mean the, the fucking economy is yeah really, you know right, like <laughs> fuck the economy i don't give a fuck i'll just kill myself is literally what it's like that's what like diabetics are saying at this point because like you yeah. know it's like we can't afford it and uh that's the really shitty part about it it's like we didn't ask for this we're young we even if we had insurance like a lot of the copays, a lot of the times we can't afford it um, mm-hmm. you know, so like a lot of times it's like, you know, I got a, I got a ration. I got to use expired insulin. I've used expired insulin. I mean, it's better than nothing. It doesn't work as well, but it's better than nothing. Um, yeah. so it's like, it's like, we're kind of like stuck in a rut here. It's like, we either, you know, get kicked off our parents' insurance or mm-hmm. we we are on it, but the, we still can't afford the copay. Because a lot of times parents won't pay for the copay because it can be expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you never. Yeah. So basically, universal health care would be great. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like my friend lives in Canada and she's also diabetic and she gets free. Her insulin is free. All her like testing supplies are free and her like insulin pump and like everything that like diabetics need is free. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I wish America could uh, take a few notes. Yeah. <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, fortunately, I, I'm hoping that, you know, people vote this November. Granted, it's not going to be overnight, but like it will help us get to where America needs to be, I think. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, November 6th, vote Beto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's definitely inspired me to be a lot more politically active. Uh, not as active mm-hmm. as I would w- like to be, uh, mostly because I also know very little about politics. Uh, but yeah, uh, at least I do know like what I what what would benefit me. And yeah, you you know what's not working. Yeah, basically. exactly. It's like yeah. I know I know what would work and what wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, you know, so I just think, yeah, definitely for sure it's made me a lot more politically active and a lot of my friends even who aren't diabetic and they know. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, you know, Helena and, you know, yes. Tana and all them and they're all like, dude, like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. this country sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like really nice to, you know, like see people who I've spoken to and not saying that I've changed their minds because they already leaned more Democrat anyway, but it's like them mm-hmm. realizing that, hey, like I know people that could benefit from me helping them and you know it's, yeah absolutely yeah so it's like it's definitely made me a lot more politically active and it's made a lot of my friends politically active and I mean even my parents like um, oh wow yeah it's a big it's a big thing for all of us so that's great yeah though. so that's I'm, an, it's a good change I'm, I'm glad <laughs> having diabetes sucks but I'm glad that everyone knows what to do now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Honestly, I've I've learned I've learned so much just from yeah, you, like about it. Yeah, you know? it's intense. It's not worth having, but like if you can learn from it, learn from it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I have three more questions for I'll bring you. Bring them on, sister. Uh, and then we can wrap okay. it up. Um, so ha- it's gotten easier to handle over the years, right? Yeah, I think especially. So it was easy when I was young right with my mom Mm -hmm. then uh in middle school that's when I kind of started like acting out and like was Mm -hmm. like I don't want to take care of myself like it's ridiculous no one else like you know at school because I went to a diabetic camp so that's where all my diabetic friends are from but like none of them lived around me so it was like it was like none of my friends have to do this why do I have to do this so I just like wouldn't care you know what I mean right Um, so I would like act out and then getting back into the whole like you need to take care of yourself otherwise you're gonna die kind of mentality I mean it's not really that mentality but like I'm essentially slowly am I like killing myself if I don't take care of Mm -hmm. myself you know what I mean so yeah um, it's been it's been okay (laughs) um (laughs) like it's not the easiest thing it's gotten a lot easier than it used to be which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my but it's still hard. yeah. Like it's never gonna be easy. It's never gonna be like icing on a cake. Um, mm-hmm. But it's gonna. It has gotten a lot easier, and I am thankful that like my friends do check in on me and stuff like that. Um, because I do think if like uh, like a lot of my diabetic friends, we check in on each other because we. It's hard. Like I mean, a lot of my friends are in college and navigating college and work and you know all this kind of stuff is Mm -hmm. like it's hard you know dealing with diabetes on top of being a human being um yeah it's really nice that we all kind of like check in on each other and I do think that if we didn't check in on each other because when I know when I try and check in on my friends and I'm reminded to do it myself is how I look at it Mm -hmm. um and stuff like that so I do think that without like checking in on my friends then like it would be I it would not be as smooth sailing as it is right now um, yeah, but I'm aiming for a cruise ship sailing and not just smooth sailing. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, mm-hmm. it has gotten a lot easier over time, which I'm really thankful for. Um, because I mean, it, it was so hard for so long, like in middle school. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even like last summer I was not testing. I did not test for like two months and I went, I went to the hospital cause I was like super, yeah, Ooh. I was like super sick. So, I mean, you know, we're taking it. It's literally, you got to take it, like, you got to play it by ear um, mm-hmm. because you never know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, if there, if you had a magic pill and you could either cure all of your mental illnesses or 
your diabetes, which would you cure? Uh, I feel like my diabetes, because probably without diabetes, I would not be as depressed. Like my mental illnesses would be a lot easier to manage. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so mm-hmm. I think taking, like if I had the option to choose the pill that would cure my physical illness rather than my mental illness. Cause I do think that like, you know, without having to pay like 500 bucks a month to live, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot less stressful. I feel like I could afford to medicate more, um, mm-hmm. like my mental illness wise and stuff like that. So definitely the yeah. pill for my physical illness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and lastly, what advice would you give to someone who is suffering from literally all the same things as you? Uh, please take care of yourself. It's really hard, um, but it is worth it. There are like, like even if you got to hold on to little things, if it changes every day, I mean, that's fine. Just kind of find something that makes you want to hold on for a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having a support system also helps uh there's always i mean if you don't know anyone personally there's always like online forums you can find um Mm -hmm. and you know there's people you can call you can call a professional if you absolutely need to um it's definitely i mean it's it's hard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it's so tough um yeah but it's so worth staying and like being here and like you know holding on to little things like I mean my little thing changes every day like like Mm -hmm. yesterday I woke up and I was like you know what I'm gonna call my friend today like you know Mm -hmm. and this morning I woke up and I was like cool I'm gonna go see my cousin and I'm gonna be on Jasmine's podcast and tomorrow (laughs) yeah like I mean it's, it's literally the little things so like I know tomorrow it'll change and I'll probably be like you know what I'm gonna look at all my memes or something like that you know it's like the right if you can even if it changes every day, but you still find a reason to stay, then do it. And, like, if mm-hmm. you feel like you're about to give up or, like, there's, like, you have nowhere else to, like, turn to or you feel alone, like, I guarantee you, like, you, like people could come to me and I'd be like, hey, what's up, friend? Like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. it's, it's tough and I know it's hard to reach out to people, but, like, it's so worth reaching out to people if you can and, like, finding things. Yeah. So that's that's my advice it's like just don't give up like don't give up on yourself like if you if you can if you have done it for this long I know you can do it just keep just keep trucking on as as my good friend Ellen DeGeneres once said in Finding Nemo just keep swimming there you go (laughs) yeah so yeah Uh, yeah that's that's all I can really offer it's like you know like just just keep doing you because you are doing good like you're doing the best you can like, it's not easy for and, anyone. Yeah, definitely. And in my last podcast with Kirsty, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about how it gets better. Yeah, it definitely you know, does. As, as cliche that, as that right. sounds, it, it gets better. Yeah, really like, I hate hearing that. But, like, and I, but it and I hate and I hate <laughs> saying that to people because they're like, whatever, you don't know anything. And I'm like, no, but, like, I get it. <laughs> no, but I really but, do. Like, it really <laughs> does get better. Like, if you had told me three years ago that, like, I would be this close to being published if, or like, you know, like I have like a Mm -hmm. niece that I adore with my entire like being that like I treat her like she's my own kid or, you know, like I would be like, yeah, right. Fatso. Like, (laughs) 
like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, like, like, who are you telling? You know? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you were, it's like, I promise it does get a lot better. And if you have the resources to, you know, call out to someone, or if you have like a really good support system, or like I said, even just a little thing that you can look forward to every day, like hold on to that, because I promise you that's what's going to get you through it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Uh, well, I think I think we're about done. I think we're going to wrap it up. Snazzy. Now. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for tuning yeah. in to the Life with Leva podcast. And uh, I'll be linking Brooke's socials in the description if you want to go check her out, show her some. I'm love. really boring. I will throw that out there. <laughs> I tweet really depressing stuff. I only Instagram maybe like three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. But I'm really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's true thank you <laughs> but yeah so, follow uh, me I'll, yeah I always follow back <laughs> well uh thank you for of being course. here with me thank today and and sharing so I had a really good time I think we had a, a great discussion I do. yeah for sure so uh, I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode which will be coming out uh oh my god what day is today's today? Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> okay next next episode will be out on Sunday um, and I believe that episode will be about the emotional and physical aftermath of a car crash. Ooh. So, so that'll be a good yeah. one. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, smash that like button. <laughs> you sound like a YouTuber. <laughs> I, I'm trying. Smash you know? that like button. Hit subscribe. Turn on my post notifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all of that. You can do that right now <laughs> if you haven't right already. Now. So, yeah. So, so thanks yeah, again. Thanks, and. And make sure you guys tune in next week, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.